This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Alex Ty. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Wednesday the 19th of April. In your squiz today, a legacy power plant bows out, coalition cabinet reshuffled, AI fools us again, and cheesy quiche for his majesty. This is your squiz today. Australia's oldest coal-fired power station will begin a long-anticipated closure today, Claire. AGL's Liddell plant will take 10 days to power down, and it's a closure that has been a long time coming. Yeah, so it was first flagged in 2015, and it was originally going to be shuttered in 2022. Uh, There was, though, some back and forth with the Turnbull government in 2019 over concerns that New South Wales didn't have enough reliable power to keep the lights and the air conditioning on (laughs) over the summer that we've just had. So AGL uh, agreed to extend its life for another year to 2023. And now Liddell's time has come uh, ahead of a two-year demolition process to tear the plant down. It's a very old electricity generator at 52 years old. Uh, And a fun fact, Alex, just 1% of the world's power plants are operational after 50 years. Liddell made it. Good on him. Good stint. (laughs) And Australia and the world, of course, we're transitioning towards renewable energy sources. So we are going to be hearing more stories about old coal-fired power stations closing. But this closure, Claire, is a biggie with some industry watchers calling it an historic moment. And it's a moment that has people talking about both the environmental impacts of closing Liddell as well as the possible impacts on New South Wales energy supply. So just on supply, the energy market regulator isn't forecasting any electricity shortages this year. That's been an issue of late, the question about whether Australia has enough dispatchable power, which is the sort of on-call electricity that's currently generated by these coal and gas-fired plants. But on the environmental side, while Liddell is the oldest coal-fired power station in Australia, it certainly isn't the only one, Uh, there will be 18 coal stations remaining after Liddell's closure, and that contributes up to 65% of Australia's power needs at the current rate and also quite a few carbon emissions. As for your power bills, if you're in New South Wales, one analyst said that the closure of Liddell is unlikely to have any big impact on your power bills, but the transition to greener energy over the next few years might cause some kind of price volatility. Claire, this is a politics story we've been following for a while now. The resignation of Julian Lisa from the front bench of the federal coalition last week meant that Peter Dutton, the opposition leader, needed to fill the Indigenous Australians portfolio as well as the shadow attorney general spot. And he did fill them yesterday. Dutton actually took the opportunity to do a bit of a broader cabinet reshuffle. Uh, You mentioned the Indigenous Australians portfolio. It's worth noting that Julian Lisa quit that portfolio 
Malio because he wants to campaign for a yes vote in the upcoming referendum on a voice to parliament. In his place, Dutton has promoted Jacinta Price. She's the country Liberal senator from the Northern Territory and she's an Indigenous woman. She's been one of the most vocal no voices in the country so far. Michaelia Cash is going to take on the Attorney General portfolio and James Patterson is taking over from the soon to retire Karen Andrews in the Home Affairs portfolio. Uh, also, we've got Senator Kerryan Little. She's an Indigenous senator from South Australia. Uh, she's going to be the Coalition spokesperson on child protection and family violence prevention. And there's two interesting points to note about this shake-up, Claire. So Jacinta Price, she sits with the Nationals Party, so I'm sure they're very delighted to have another minister in Cabinet. Mm-hmm. And also the promotion of two Indigenous women to the Coalition's front bench makes it pretty clear that Peter Dutton is going to really lean into the no case in the upcoming Voice referendum. Claire, the growth of China's economy has been one of the major stories from the last couple of decades, really. And following a dip in their growth rates during the last couple of years, largely due to their zero COVID policy, new numbers say that their economy is bouncing back. Yeah, it's certainly something that uh, economies from around the world are looking closely at. New numbers from China's National Bureau of Statistics say that their economy in the first quarter of this year, so January to March, was 4.5% bigger than the same time a year ago. That's a pretty significant growth rate. It seems to be tracking with the prediction that the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, made that said that China would grow by about 5.2% this year. That's still quite a bit less than where they were at pre-COVID, but it's certainly better than it could have been given, as you say, those really harsh lockdowns during COVID Mm. and the shuttering of their industries. But now... Those are just predictions. Analysts have pointed out that it might not all be smooth sailing. Hmm. Uh, There's worries about a global recession, as well as some pretty unique debt problems that are happening in the Chinese economy. And whatever happens in the future, it does seem like the recent growth in China's economy has been kind to Chinese investments in Australia, which jumped by 143% last year to over $2 billion, largely due to a handful of big mining deals. We've got another dispatch from Dystopia, Claire, (laughs) after the winner of a prestigious photography award announced that his photograph was actually generated by AI. Yeah, look, this is quite a notable one because the winner of the Sony World Photography Awards has revealed that his submission was actually made by artificial intelligence. Mm. Uh, It's something that was very unexpected and quite a bit of a shock. (laughs) It's actually a really nice photo, if you can call it a photo, a nice image. It's a black and white portrait of two women and it looks like it's from the 1940s. Uh, The photographer is a guy named Boris Eldigson. He said that he entered the portrait to spark off a conversation about what is actually considered photography in the age of AI. And look, it's a pretty big and pretty great question. Yeah, I've heard other people talk a lot about how AI, the new AI tools are going to challenge what we think of as creative skills. But I will say, Claire, this is the first bit of AI art that I have actually liked. <laughs> yeah, but you're a bit subversive, so you would <laughs> like it, I reckon. It's a good photo. We'll um, we'll link to it in the show notes. <laughs> 
A message now from our podcast partner, BHP. The steel made from iron ore plays an important role in providing the production of our energy infrastructure, from wind turbines to power poles. So cutting carbon emissions in iron ore production is key. It's why BHP has committed to a solar and battery agreement to help power its port facilities at Port Headland. It's happening now at BHP. Claire, did you know that the coronation has its own official meal? This is news to me. (laughs) Apparently, back in the 1950s, Queen Elizabeth had an official curry mayonnaise chicken, and now Charles and Camilla are celebrating their big day with what they're calling a coronation quiche. Oh, look, I'm not old enough to really have any sort of first-hand memory of the coronation of Queen Elizabeth in the 1950s. You're not over 70? I I am not. I know that could be a shock to some in the team. Uh, (laughs) But everyone knows about coronation chickens, so I was quite bemused yesterday when the whole team was like, oh, my God, there's a coronation meal. (laughs) Yeah, of course there is. Uh, A bit surprising, though, that it's a coronation quiche, mainly because there's an egg shortage going on in the UK at the moment. So there was lots of laughter about that. Uh, Also some consternation because people can take this stuff quite seriously. Uh, But look, quiche is coming back. And Honestly, it looks quite nice. I would eat that quiche. I'd give it a go. (laughs) Invite me around. We'll try it out. We can have some quiche. Squiz the day, Claire. How are you going to be celebrating Banana Day? Uh, I'm going to be celebrating it by uh, making sure that everyone I speak to knows about our big squiz survey. I'm not quite sure how I'm going to team those themes, but uh, look, it's really an opportunity to ask you how you're liking what we do, uh, what we can improve, the new stuff that you might like to see from us. Our squiz survey really does help us and we really want to hear from you. Now, Claire, you have told me that Squiz newsletter readers flog the podcast listeners when it comes to filling out the survey. Podcast listeners, you're here now, you're listening. Let's fill out that survey. (laughs) There will be a link in the show notes. Thank you for filling out the survey. Thank you for listening. And we'll be back tomorrow. G'day, I'm Kate Watson, co-host of News Club. News Club this week was an interview with Lauren Sams. She's the fashion editor at the Australian Financial Review. She's all over the business of fashion and retail, so I pulled her in to talk to us about fast fashion and ultra-fast fashion. In particular, businesses like Timu and Shein, who in Australia alone are on track to record more than $2 billion in sales. Here's a clip from that conversation. What is happening is that it's recalibrating fashion as a single-use item. Mm. So when you think about something that's 6 or $7, you know, my, I bought coffee this morning and that was $5.50 and that that's a single-use item to me. You know, I, I have my coffee. Like actually is, like you cannot use that twice. No. <laughs> and so when you're talking about a dress yeah. that's sort of an equivalent price – People equate it with something that doesn't need to be valued. Um, You don't need to wear it again. To listen to the full interview, just search for News Club in your podcast app and hit follow.